back to another episode with me, Irene, and the podcast you're listening to is called Access. Today, I'm sitting here with a cloud developer advocate at Google, startup tech advisor, public speaker, and a podcast host. How does he have time? Welcome, Abdel. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. I try to do all of them, and I do a poor job at all of them at the same no, time. No, that's not, that's not true. For a fact, I know that's not true. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. How has your week been? How are, how are you doing? How is life? Pretty pretty long week, uh, yeah. considering that we had we're just coming out of the holiday season. Mm -hmm. um, this was probably the second sort of real week of work of like actually people being back from holidays and mm -hmm. getting things done and starting planning for the year and stuff. Yeah. So pretty pretty long, but pretty good. There yeah. are a lot of interesting things coming up. Yeah. You work at Google. Yes, I do. The best working office in the world. Well, I don't know about the world, but in Stockholm, in Sweden, we have been, I think. Uh, winning the best employer the last few years mm. every every year there is an, there is a ceremony oh so that was this, uh, that that is only for stockholm for sweden for sweden so there is like oh. some sort of i don't know competition or like there is a company or mm -hmm. some entity mm -hmm. that i think survey uh, they like survey employees yeah i know about it but i just thought it was for companies i think like worldwide world. yeah. i don't think well, i think i don't think there is something worldwide i think there is per country mm. um it makes sense though yeah yeah exactly. yeah it makes sense. All right, yeah, because I've seen the the, the famous wall on Go in Google yes, Office. Yes, <laughs> they're so, very proud of yes. it. <laughs> yeah, the one with all the awards. Yeah, I think we're getting to a stage where every year they ask <laughs> us to come to get the the award. Yeah, and every year, like somebody has to go, and inside the company, I think only one person goes all the time. Really, and now they're getting tired because every year they're asking, "Hey, somebody else want to wow. go to the ceremony?" <laughs> wow. I think that the people that organizing the ceremony are tired of seeing the same person all the time as well. Yeah, it's just the same speech. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the exactly. same person, same face. <laughs> All right, but but tell us a little bit, before we go into what this episode is going to be about, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? What's your background? What are your passions, hobbies? Tell us. Okay, well, I'm, I'm Abdel, obviously. Abdel is my nickname. It's not my real name, but it just my real name is Arabic, so it's quite complicated for non-Arab speakers to pronounce. Mm. So... Uh, I'm originally from Morocco. I moved here 2017. I started working for Google in 2013 in Belgium initially. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I worked there for four years and then I moved here in 2017. Background, I have a computer science degree, um, like master's in computer science. I started work back in Morocco for about two years and a half before joining Google. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been always a computer person. Like <laughs> I had my first computer when I was 14. Mm -hmm. I learned programming mm -hmm. when I was 15. Yeah. Um, I had internet when I was like 18 or something. I spent <laughs> lots of time indoors, not that much time playing soccer. Actually, I suck mm. at soccer. I don't really play it or really? watch it. Yeah, no. Okay, okay. Last time I watched soccer was when Morocco was playing the World Cup, but yeah. that's just because they Oof. were playing the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, besides this, I I like outdoors. I'm a very outdoorsy person. Mm -hmm. I like nature, hiking quite a lot. Mm. I am a very serious cook. I cook a lot at home. So I like learning about cooking. I like taking classes and experimenting with different things. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's who I am. That, that's a fantastic person. The, Thank you. The, the Abdel that I've known is pretty interesting. It's so funny when I when I first started Google. I mean, you're pretty famous in the Google, Google world, worldwide, I feel like. Am I, don't be humble about it. 
<laughs> you are though. Okay, thank you. I mean, when I did every time I, I I invite a guest for an episode, I have to make some research, right? Okay. On every platform, just search your name and Google after it. Oh, <laughs> you're there in every terrible. type of <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, in French, in Arabic, in English. And yes, all of them. Yeah, I speak three languages. Yeah. 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 So, so you have interview. I was like, okay, I can only go for the English one. Sure. But <laughs> it was enough, anyways. Talking a lot about Google, you have so many different personalities, and it's so interesting because you're saying we all have this this picture of engineers being quite introvert, but you are not. Yes, <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> you're not, and I feel like um, the personalities you can find in Google is often to the more extreme end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Would you say so? Or what kind of personalities can you find in Google? Because Google is pretty exciting for a lot of people. Well, it's a very big company, right? Mm. Um, there are like 100 plus thousand employees worldwide. And yeah. we have about, I don't know, 400, 500 people here in Stockholm. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, um, there are people from all over the world. I think there are at least 25 nationalities in this in this office alone, mm -hmm. uh, besides Swedish people. Um, so you have all sorts of personalities. You have more introverts, you have a lot of extrovert people. Um, I think that this uh, this image of engineers being uh, introverts, I think is basically like a fictional Hollywood image that through some movies people really? kind of... Yeah. I think if whenever you see like a movie that has like an engineer typing on like a, <laughs> a green on black type screen yeah. that, to, to make them look like they're yeah, hacking exactly. something. Exactly. They're usually like wearing a hoodie and, you know, some, mm -hmm. some jeans and they're drinking like a large size cup of coffee. <laughs> and I think yeah. that that's the image that people got from, yeah. from, from this. But I know engineers, I think engineers in general or people who are doing computer science come in all shades of colors and all personalities mm -hmm. it really depends on where did you grow up who did you grow up with i mean it's very true but you have to admit that google has a certain it attracts certain type of people like i'm, I'm not saying in a bad way i'm just saying you might find differences for uh, between different tech companies yeah and google is particular in that sense it's true in the sense that that's like if you look at all the available people that could be employed google has a very high bar already for for hiring people mm -hmm. so um there is a very high bar for you know the, your level of 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 technical skills yeah. or your knowledge of your field it doesn't have to be technical but also um there is a very important component uh, that we kind of try to assess people based on is your ability to collaborate with others right because mm -hmm. you can't just do work by yourself mm -hmm. you have to be able to work in a team and work with the team and delegate and and, and get tasks from people give tasks to people trust each other etc so so these are kind of like the most important personality criteria if you want um and i think that from the the group of available people to work only those at a certain level of of technical knowledge and also social abilities can actually make it to Google, and that's possibly why you are saying it attracts a certain type of people because mm. it's 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 very selective. Mm -hmm. So you have to fit a certain sort of dimensions in order to work for the company. Yeah. So, but but yeah, I mean, my nine years in the company, I have met all sorts of people: introverts, extroverts, like mm. people who are into interesting hobbies, people who like you know, it's it's it's. It's a big company. There are a lot of people around. Yeah. What, what is when you say interesting hobbies? What is the most like weird hobby that you've heard someone have? 
having. This is just like. Oh, gosh, I have to think about it. Oh, one in one probably hobby that might sound uh, weird to people um, who are listening. It's not actually a weird hobby. It's just like unheard of probably in Europe. Um, inside of Google, we have a very large uh, pilot community, people who have a private pilot license, people who learn how to fly for fun. Wh- what? Yeah, because you can learn how to. Pl- it's not difficult to learn really? how to fly. Yeah. You can do something called the PPL, private pilot license. It takes. I've never like, heard of this. Yeah, just that's how the people fly in Airbus learn how to fly. It starts with the basics. Essentially, it's like passing a B license to le- learn how to drive a yeah, car. Yeah. Then you you want to drive a truck. You have to have the car driver license, and then you have to do the C to drive mm-hmm. trucks and buses and everything. It's the same idea. You start with a very basic license called PPL, private pilot license. Okay. But wait, this is not, oh, this this is is not, not the, the weird, weird part. part. No. Okay. <laughs> so there is a community inside of Google of people uh-huh. who are into flying, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Um, actually, in the US, they have a very, how to say, high uh, tolerance to something called experimental flying. And experimental oh, no. flying okay. is when you actually build your own airplane. And people fly them? Yes. I would never. <laughs> That's why I said it's not and, unheard of. And these are of. beginners who pl- fly these planes? Yeah. No, 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 not beginners. You have to have a license, obviously. You have to have the PPL. Yeah. But then you can build your own airplane. And I... So there are okay. various ways you can build airplanes. Okay. You can build them from a kit. You can actually buy a kit and buy it and build it. So essentially you receive parts from a company and you build it in your garage. That's I don't one. know if I can believe this. Sounds crazy. No, no, no. I can show you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a thing. <laughs> um, and there are people who just design and build their own airplanes so in the us as long as you register your airplane to be experimental and then you put experimental inside the cockpit behind your head okay in clear text you can fly it that's probably why they have a lot of crashes but that's <laughs> that's another story, <laughs> that's another story. Um, do so you yeah. have a license i did my li- i started my license in belgium i didn't i never finished it i wanted to learn how to fly are you going to continue one day? Probably. Uh, I think wow. it's very expensive in Europe. And okay. um, mm-hmm. it's very expensive and it's certainly more expensive now because the price of diesel is, is how uh, yeah. the price of fuel is high. Uh, but probably if I end up... Like, like the, I think that the main challenge is you have to be close to an airport. Mm-hmm. So like having to do a day of work and then drive an hour to get to somewhere where you can learn is not fun, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're close by an airport, mm-hmm. it's much much more fun. Um, but I did flew in the US with some friends from Google, um, some people who live in the US, and I flew two different airplanes. One of them was built from a kit and one was built by... So one, one airplane I, I flew was designed by somebody who works at NASA. Okay. And he designed it, built one for himself to to see if the design makes sense and then he started selling the design for like 500 dollars 500 yeah. okay and today there are like a thousand of those in the us that are built uh-huh. so people bought the design and built the airplane yeah and i'm talking here about the design like the actual design of the frame and you know yeah, they yeah, make yeah, it yeah. from like fiberglass and everything okay and the guy or the person i flew with bought one of these airplanes one of these experimental mm-hmm. built from design airplane and we flew it together and it was fun it was so much fun all of this, this has nothing to do with Google. No. Yet this is a group. Yes. And Google. actually there are a lot of people inside the company that does that, which is kind of interesting. Well, but, but that says a lot about the personalities you can find at Google and the type of culture. So to, to get into the, uh, the episode and the, the stuff we're going to talk about today. Sure. So you have a lot of experience in the uh, in the tech world, mm-hmm. 
And you are a public speaker and you are very productive. Well, you wrote two texts about, uh, what was it, seven rules? In, in seven tips seven for tips senior in engineers, the, yeah. Yeah, in, for senior engineers. But I read it and I could relate, but I'm not a senior engineer. So I really wanted to talk about these seven tips uh, sure. and how people can apply it in their own company or workplace. Yeah. And also, later we're going to discuss how to communicate effectively. Sure. Because so many people lack that skill. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. And this is the stuff that people don't get in school or when they work. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of things in the workplace that you don't learn at school. You learn the hard way. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But thankfully, we have you today. <laughs> <laughs> If I can help. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's start with the first tip. Hard work pays off. Yes. So what did you mean by that? So when I started my career back in Morocco, mm -hmm. and I'll, I think I have to give a little bit of context so people understand. Um, in the tech world, um, you graduate from school or university, you might find yourself working in probably three categories of companies. Okay. Let's say four. The most straightforward category is public uh, public uh, sector, right? You work for the government, right? Um The second probably is you work for tech companies, tech companies that make products They're like Google, Amazon, you know, Facebook, mm -hmm. Spotify, whatever. So a company that has a product that they sell and make money from that product. Um, it doesn't have to be a big company. It can be a small company, right? Yeah. Um, um, the third category would be you work probably in research. So computer science, but you are working at some university or, or something like that. Uh, maybe there are five categories. The fourth category would be you work as in, in an IT department of some company that the main focus is not IT. So McDonald's. McDonald's mm -hmm. sell burgers. They're not into IT. But no. they need an IT department, right? Mm -hmm. The fifth company, and that's the most important one, and that's the reason why I'm setting this context, is consulting. Mm -hmm. Consulting basically means you work for a company um, that pays your salary, but you don't work for them. You work for their customers. Mm -hmm. So companies come to these, comp these consulting companies and say, like, we need a developer for six months. Give us a developer. They lend you to that company. You work for that end company. for, for And that end client that you're going to end up working for could be any of the four categories we talked about, right? Like a consultant, it could be consulting for the government, consulting for McDonald's, consulting for whatever, right? In Morocco, 95% more or less of the tech sector is consulting. Mm. The reason for it is very simple. Morocco was colonized by France for mm -hmm. a very long time, so we speak French, right? Okay. Um, and um, uh, a long time ago, a lot of companies in Europe figured out that if you actually externalize jobs to countries that speak French, you can pay people less. Mm. That's what we call offshoring. So you just take your jobs out of the country, France, And then you put it in Morocco. The mm. engineers in Morocco speak French, yes. but they're going to get paid one third of what you pay in engineering in France, mm. right? And so that's why we have a lot of consulting companies in France, in Morocco. So there are a lot of consulting companies that work with France or with Canada or with French-speaking French countries, right? Nowadays, even English-speaking countries. I did not want to work for any of these companies. <laughs> <laughs> really? Nope. <laughs> the reason for it was that I had friends who were working there who were like two years uh, older than me. Like mm. they were already out of university and working. And whenever they talked about it, it just sounded terrible. Mm. Uh, because A, you work for a boss, which is not in Morocco. You work for a boss outside. Mm -hmm. You don't get to do a lot of cool things. You don't get to do the stuff you want to do. You mm -hmm. probably don't get to build things. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I have, for example, friends who worked in companies that were part of a team working with the company in France. 
what they have engineers in France and engineers in Morocco. And what they do is that the engineers in France are building new features, but those in Morocco are fixing bugs. Mm. So, so you are basically fixing somebody else's mistakes, exactly. and that's not that's not fun. So, I wanted to work for a different company. I ended up working for a startup. Mm. I found a startup in um, Morocco. In Morocco, yeah. Mm. Um, leading up to that startup, I was already doing quite a lot of community work. I was working, I was very active in the Linux community when I was living in Morocco. Mm-hmm. And through that that community work and through networking, I met somebody who actually hired me. Mm. So I did not apl- apply for my first job, okay. neither for the f- internship I did. I mm-hmm. did an internship through networking, mm-hmm. then I found a job through networking, and I ended up working at a startup. The key thing when you work in a startup is that it's a startup. There isn't that many people. Mm-hmm. And there is work that needs to be done, mm-hmm. which means you will do everything. Yeah. So for two years and a half, I pretty much did everything from installing software to building software to helping customers use the software yeah. to fixing the software into breaks to painting walls yeah. to, you know, <laughs> cleaning the floor yeah. because we have an investor coming mm-hmm. to go in, bring somebody from the airport. I did a lot of things, right? Yeah. And... After I left, after two years and a half, I realized that the amount of things I learned, not only technical stuff, like the amount of like personal related topics, like how do you communicate, how do you talk to people, etc. This startup was kind of funny because we were mostly working in English, mm. which is very uncommon in Morocco. Most okay. of the companies in Morocco use French as their pr- primary language, so French and Arabic. But the founder of that company, that startup, uh, lived in the US for 15 years. He's Moroccan, but he lived in the US for 15 years. So we... we, we Communicates primarily in English. Okay. And that helped me drastically improve my English between mm. university and... Because, you know, in Morocco, when I was studying university, we were having, like, had like two hours of English per, per week. Uh, That's not no, enough, no, right? No, it's not. It's not. Um, so after two years and a half, I left and realized the amount of things I learned these two years and a half. Um, I did not learn a lot of things deeply, mm-hmm. but I learned a lot of things widely. Okay. And, and part of it, because I had so much exposure to a lot of things... Part of it because I did not say no. Mm-hmm. I did not say no to an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. I could do whatever I'm asked to do. I did not had. The reason I'm saying this is because when I was in university, I had a lot of uh, friends and colleagues that were like, oh, when I graduate, I want to be a Java developer. So I want to only write Java code. Yeah. And they obviously struggled because if you are limiting yourself to the amount of things you want to do, mm. you're only going to get access to the stuff that you want to do. Which which means you might miss out on other things, right? Because you are limiting your scope. Um, so yeah, after two years, I was very grateful for that experience because I learned a lot, and mm-hmm. that's why I said work hard. Hard work pays off. Yeah. Do Do you think, looking back at it, is there something you would do differently, or is this textbook like okay? I'm so thankful I did it that way. No, I think I would not change anything about it. Okay. I would probably. Yeah, maybe it doesn't matter right now, but <laughs> the company, when I worked for it uh, for eight months, I did not have a contract. Mm-hmm. I, I actually was paid from the bank account of the founder, from his personal uh... bank account, because the company technically did not exist. It was a startup. Okay. Most startups work like this. It's very scrappy the yeah. first couple of years. Um, so, so when I left, I was like, oh, on the two years and a half for six months... I did not technically exist, so I missed six months of salary, which mm. means I missed potentially six months of pension. Yeah. But now I don't care. No, really. no, no. <laughs> six months, it's like going to be peanuts. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if I even, like, qualify for pension in Morocco, I don't think I would even, like, because there is a minimum number of years that you have to work in a, in a country uh-huh. to qualify for pension. I okay. think I worked there for two years and a half. I'm not going to actually qualify. Uh, but in Sweden you do. 
Yeah, yeah, in Sweden, yeah, yeah. in Sweden, you do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I have a pension here. I have a pension in Belgium. Mm. This was in the start of your job career. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Okay, I'm I'm doing all of these things because I know hard work pays off. Or was it because you were eager to learn? Because I was eager to learn. Okay. Because I had, yeah. I have a, and I'm a, I'm a curious person by by definition. I mm. I have a very high interest in a lot of things and I want to learn a lot of things at the same time. Do you so. think curiosity is uh, is important for success I th- in yes. career? Yes, I think my personally my my curiosity is what drives me to so I'm not somebody who would look at something mm-hmm. and 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 not want to know how it works. Yeah. Right? So, for example, I know how cars work. Do mm-hmm. I need to know this? No. It's not useless, mm. useful, useful knowledge for me. Mm. But I know how in a combustion engine works. Yeah. I know theoretically how it works and I know practically how it works. Yeah. And if I would have to dismantle an engine, I would know how to dismantle it and I would know what each part does. Yeah. Or do an I airplane. Or <laughs> airplane. Yeah, exactly. Um, do I need to know this? No. no. But that's just my curiosity. Mm. I'm curious to know, learn how these things work. And I think... Mm. Generally speaking, in life, it's pretty good to have some some sort of level of curiosity. Yeah, yeah, I I, I would agree with that. Then we're going to tip number two, mm-hmm. and here was give actionable feedback. Yes, this is from a senior engineer's perspective. Yeah, right. If we can more generalize it, telling people they suck is not helpful. Mm. You tell people tell telling your colleague or people who work with you you are bad at your job mm. is not helpful feedback. No. It's just hurtful and it doesn't help you, neither them, neither the company, neither the people around you. Actually, scratch that. Telling people around you that you are bad at what you're doing is bad. Just just, just saying you suck just like that is bad. Mm. You have to tell people what they suck at. Mm. Because we humans were incapable of knowing what, what we don't know. Mm. We're incapable of knowing how others perceive us. Yes. Like I can't be in your head of course. to know how do you see me. Mm-hmm. So... When when you tell me, uh, hey, Abdel, you suck, that's not helpful. It's because, like, okay, I suck, but what should I do differently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this can be applied pretty much to any relationship, like yeah, with can, your partner, it, yeah. with your colleagues, with your teacher at school. If you're a teacher mm-hmm. listening to us, please stop torturing kids by telling them <laughs> you're stupid. Tell them what they are stupid at. Yeah. Tell them how they can improve. Mm-hmm. Point to the actual thing that you think they should change. Or point to the actual thing that you want them to do more of. Mm. That's how you help people. You don't help them just by pointing to their, like, to the their failures. I would say. Mm. But don't you think it can be? Um, here I can see a problem. If you don't, if you cannot uh, separate yourself from the criticism you're getting. So if I say, uh, if I would say to you, you suck at this. You would ask me why or what can I do better or what am I doing wrong, right? Well, not not everybody has this that inherent curiosity, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. So if you wouldn't have that, you would just feel hurt and I think it would be a different battle. Exactly, exactly. If you would not, not everybody have that, that, that level of ability of wanting to question themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you tell them you suck, they might not ask you tell me exactly what I suck at why are you saying this what Mm. makes you say that right Mm -hmm. so you're basically just actively hurting people and that's not good Mm. right so that's why I'm saying it's better to be 
proactive about it mm. is if you tell people if you are giving feedback to people mm. about what they're doing bad that they should not be doing or what is the thing they're doing that annoys you mm. give them the actual feedback don't keep it for yourself like what's the point of just telling somebody hey i don't like uh, you suck and then you don't tell them what they suck at like, it's But not useful for anybody i mean this when we're when, when we're talking about it it sounds pretty logical yeah very logical one yes. plus one right but still we have a lot of bosses who um just points out what's wrong and not why yeah those are terrible bosses i think <laughs> so i i think i think that that's that's if or you... some some people wouldn't even accept like if i say you suck then no <laughs> yeah but then these people are living in denial that's a different story right yeah. <laughs> because but, but that's actually is 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 a, this is a very valid point you're making like If somebody's telling you you suck because but not telling you why, mm. it could be two things. It could be you are doing something bad or it could be they're just mean, right? And they mm. just want to hurt you. Right? How do I know the difference? You wouldn't know. And well, if they tell you straight away what they think you should change, mm-hmm. then probably you you would think that they care about you. Mm. Um but if they just tell you you suck and you tell them why and they they don't tell you why, then that's just a terrible person you're talking to. <laughs> And life is too short to have terrible people around you. Definitely. So. 100%. Seems logical. Yeah, I exactly. think we go to the next one. <laughs> okay. Uh, advice number three. Understand your career progression clearly. Yes. So, um, the reason... So I, re- I wrote this from the perspective of somebody who works at Google and somebody who works at, 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 at a tech company or an, as an engineer. But let's put some context around it. Most companies mm-hmm. have some sort of process by which they decide in which direction people progress because the way you progress in your job dictates a lot of things among other among them is salary compensation blah blah right um some companies document that clearly as google we have it it's documented you know exactly what are the things you should be doing to be able to get promoted to the next level some companies don't Some companies are not big enough in order for them to have that kind of level of process because it's just way too complicated. They don't probably have an HR department that does this kind of things. Or some companies have a very simple, straightforward um, like p- career progress or promotion based on seniority. You have to be there for a certain amount of year. And that's actually typically in the, the, the public sector. Like if you work as a teacher, your salary progression, your promotion depends mostly on how many years you've been doing your job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um In in, in 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 nuanced jobs like the tech, uh, where um, there are many ways in which you can do your job properly, and by but, but when I say this is people tend to think that in the tech sector, if you are a programmer, you just come join a company, write code, and then they pay you money. But that's not how it works in most of the companies. Mm-hmm. Um, in most mm-hmm. of the companies, as the, as you are progressing in your career. What's very important and what's arguably the most important value you are bringing to the business is your experience. It's not the amount of stuff you know. Mm-hmm. It's how do you how do you put the stuff you know into actual use, mm-hmm. like use it and and learn from it, right? Um, so my point I was trying to make there is that if you are in a company that has a clearly documented career progression plan, you should know about it. You should ask your manager what it is. There is no shame 
in asking your manager, hey, what's how does this work? How does this promotion work? How mm-hmm. can I get more money? There is no shame in having this kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people feel shame, ashamed because they feel like your manager or your company may think that you are uh, uh, greedy. greedy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There is no shame in that. <laughs> Just ask what's the progress? How yeah. does this thing work? What are the three, four, five things beside my main job, beside mm. programming that you want me, maybe it could be train your colleagues. Mm. Maybe it could help your colleagues learn something. Yeah. Maybe it could be, oh, you have this, like this IT system we have here mm-hmm. is terrible and we spent too much time on it. Please go find an alternative for it, right? Or fix it or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, what are these criterias that the company uses to decide how does your promotion works and yeah. how do you progress in your in your job? Mm-hmm. You just need to know what that th- what these things are. Or if there are no criteria, then also fine. You just need to know what it yeah, is. Yeah, you need to know. You need to know. But do you think a lot of people miss their potential by not having this clear? Oh, definitely, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, definitely, yeah. I, I see, yeah. I remember when I started working at a tech company where in the beginning uh, when I was 20, uh, I got the opportunity to sit with the... Uh, CEO of that company mm-hmm. and uh, I asked him for I was like give us some advice we're starting career right and he said as soon as you start a job in the tech world sit down with your boss and list all your um, your projects and what you're supposed to do and then he said do all those those things exceed expectations do two more things and then have another meeting at the end when you're done with all of that yeah then it's super clear what you have done and what you have done above that. Yeah, and it's documented. And it's documented. Yes. And he was like, that's exactly how I got to the CEO position today. That's exactly how I managed to get to senior position as well. But that's crazy because it's a, I saw it as such a hack because people don't do it at all. It's, it's, it's easy to see it this way. It's easy to think it's a hack if you see it this way. But if there is a process in place for people to get promoted, then... Clearly, somebody have to follow that process. I don't see it as a hack. I see it as doing what the game is asking you to do. You are playing the game, essentially. Definitely. But in in a big tech company, mm-hmm. you can easily get lost. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Your boss has other employees. Yes. They're keeping track yes. of. So, I mean, what you have done and what you have not done, some, some projects can just get lost. Well, no. In the, at least in the tech industry... Um, when you do stuff, it's pretty clear who have done what because we have history and we have audits and we know who have written which code. We know who have screwed up which system. <laughs> we know who who have introduced which bug. That's pretty clear, pretty, pretty easy to, to, to understand, right? Yeah. But there is but also another thing, um, and that's why earlier in the discussion we said, specifically when we talked about Google, it's a social company. People have to have social skills if in order to like have a good career. Mm. Um one thing we do very well is we are very good at pointing at, at when things went right and who have done the right thing. Mm. So we have a system inside of the company, um, we call it G-Tanks, which oh, is yeah. a way for you to send a thank you note or a thank you note with money to your colleagues. With money? Yes. It's that one I didn't know. Peer bonus. Yeah. So you can wow. send the G-Tanks. Okay. Uh, so G-Tanks, you just log into like a page, you type mm-hmm. the, you know, the username of your colleague mm-hmm. you write a message and then you put a bunch of people in cc and then your colleague will receive an email with your okay. comments your ma- his manager will receive an email and then everybody you put on cc will receive an email and then that page has a history of all the g-tanks you have received mm. so if you go to that page and you type my name you will find the history of all the g-tanks that how you have. many do you have 
oh, I have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can also give what we call a peer bonus. Okay. So, so basically you nominate your colleague to mm -hmm. get a certain amount of money. From Google? From the company, yeah. Which okay, will be so added to your, to your salary. Oh. And then you can go, go further than that and give what we call a spot bonus. So a peer bonus is a fixed amount of money Okay. Uh, that depends per country. Mm -hmm. It's usually something around $200, $300 or something. Okay. A spot bonus is usually given by a manager. So uh, peers cannot give spot bonus. It has to be a manager. Okay. It has to be done with HR. But basically, your manager can just give you... It's typically not your manager. It's the manager of the team you helped. Ah, so you okay. work with the team, you help them. Yeah. Their manager will give you a certain amount of money, which can be $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, something like that. Really? Yeah. Have yeah. you ever gotten that? Yes. <laughs> of course. It's a nice surprise, no? It's a very nice surprise. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the taxes we pay in Sweden, it's like, you know. <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, it's, it's something. It's, it's something, yeah. It's a Friday drink. I think it's more the, the recognition is yeah. more important than the actual, um, the actual uh, um, amount money, of money yeah, attached yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I didn't even know that you got money from that. Yeah, well, it's been around for nine years. <laughs> no, 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 uh, not specifically you, that you could get money from yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. So that's actually uh -huh. one thing which is good because if you have this um, this like culture mm. where where you don't only point at people when things go wrong, you point at, well, we don't technically point at people when things go wrong, but basically you, only, you don't only highlight when things go wrong, you highlight when things go right. Mm. And you highlight when people go beyond their job to just help somebody or help you figure it out or doing something like that. That's a pretty good positive way of looking at things. And that could be used for you to say, oh, to say to your boss, hey, look, yeah. this other team that is not mine. They appreciate me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you see? Yeah. But it also sounds like healthy, like healthy child upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't it? Just somebody else giving you a pat on the back. Yeah. Right, so. It's nice. Uh, this one I personally love. Advice number four or tip number four. If you're pissed, take a day off. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. This is so, makes so much sense. But I, I've never thought of this. Yeah. Never. I I do not like arguments. I do mm. not like, especially heated arguments. I do not like arguing with people. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I don't like shouting at people. I don't like to be shouted at. I prefer, and, and then most of the time people go into arguments when they are pissed off. Um, when they're mad, right? Um, so I had once in my career sent an email to a bunch of people which had a very heated language in it. Mm -hmm. And I was told not to do that again. And mm. then when I thought about it, I realized I did it because I was pissed. I was mad at what somebody was doing. Mm. right? And then I realized that it's much easier and much better for everyone involved to just walk away from the laptop, take half a day off, cool down, go back the next day sit down with the person and talk rationally it's mm. much more productive for everyone than just starting shouting right and left yeah because the more you are pissed the less sense you make actually one, one yeah, yeah yeah so i mean it makes so much sense it's so easy but i think when you're talking about career and stuff and being encouraged to take a day off because you're just not in that headspace I, a lot of people doesn't don't go to that exit they don't choose that exit no. yes yeah And actually, this has probably happened because when I started my career back in Morocco, I had a boss that wanted to shout on me once and I did not appreciate it. So I just took off. I just took my laptop, put it in my bag and just walked away. But did you get some 
backlash for that? Because uh, no, the next day we sit down and uh, we had a conversation, and then I was like, "So what was was the shouting about yesterday? That was useless, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It's never useful to shout at people. No, it's right? never. But let's say you're on the opposite end, like like you telling you yeah, being the, shouted yes. at. So yes. So then when I did it, then I felt bad because I felt like I am not enforcing the rule universally. Because mm-hmm. when I when I was shouted at, I got pissed off and walked away. Mm-hmm. Then I should have done the same thing when I was the one who was pissed and about mm, to shout so, out. So that happened before. Correct. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. But what do you think you should do if someone? Because now you're talking about if if you're pissed and you are about to um, come out at somebody. Yeah. Exactly. But what if someone else is having a bad day or is pissed and is shouting at you? Just walk away. There is no point of having arguments. Unless it's don't you m- think that comes with backlash? No, I don't think so. I think unless it's a matter of life and death, right? Unless it's somebody yeah. about to die and you have to do something, nothing is worth being shouted at for at, at, at all mm. in life. Mm. Nothing is worth being shouted out at all. People, I think people inflate the importance of, of, of people around them mm-hmm. and they give, they, they give situations more uh, attention and they make more drama out of situation that they are deserved. Yeah. And I think in a time in a mo- in in a in a world where we talk a lot about mental health and yeah. that you should take care of yourself and, mm-hmm. and take care of your mental health, being shouted at or shouting at somebody does not help you at all. Not at all. So so just walk away. Just tell the person I don't want to deal with you right now. Mm-hmm. Calm down and we can talk. Mm-hmm. Um because if you keep shout, if somebody is shouting at you and you shout at them back, you're just gonna escalate. You're not gonna, yeah. and that's how in the US you, people end up being shot at, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's uh, it's just gonna escalate and end being professional. Exactly. Uh, but I can, I completely agree with you. But I can definitely see if you're being shouted out, uh, shouted at, and you're not in a very powerful position, and you might be in desperate need of that position yes then it might not be as easy to just walk away it's obviously easy for me to give this advice because although i am like moroccan and african (laughs) i do have a certain level of privilege considering i am educated and Mm. i work at a company where they want me to be there and they're happy to pay me yeah. money to be there, etc. So You're highly respected there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I understand that if you are working in a different sector, mm-hmm. that's probably not very helpful advice to just walk away or take a day off. I would say setting right boundaries with your colleagues is mm-hmm. probably a good way to start. Mm-hmm. So if you are just joining a group of people and you're just trying to play cool and try to like... I don't know, make people think that, that you are fine with whatever behavior or whatever things you are being told and everything, that's probably not going to be good for you on the long term. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. it's probably better to just, from day one, make people understand what kind of limits they shouldn't exceed, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that would probably get you to a point where people would not exceed that limit with you. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. And then if it still happens, then maybe you need to switch jobs. Yes, if that <laughs> happens again, just... Just find another job. Yeah. All right. Uh, advice number five. Learning and growing is a slow process. You have to come to terms with this fact. Yeah. So in the article, I'm talking about this thing that I learned a few years back called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, so the Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias 
where um, the study was done on people. And the result is that people with low ability to learn think that they have much higher knowledge with people with high availability to learn. Basically, the more you're able to learn things, the the more you underestimate yourself and vice versa. Mm. I think if we want to put this in <laughs> layman terms, the more stupid you are, the more the more you think you are not stupid and the more you will project yourself to the world as not being stupid. Yeah. Right? Uh, and the other way around. Mm-hmm. The more intelligent you are. But intelligent here, I'm not talking about like being a genius or having a QI. No, it's no, just no, like no, no, no. Having a certain level of common sense. Yeah. Um, the more you are like that, the more you are probably careful. And so the more you are projecting yourself as as less than your self-worth, right? Mm. Um, what does that mean? That means basically that um, when you are young, you learn very fast. Um, that's one of the reasons, for example, why if you have a child growing in a multicultural family, they would probably very quickly speak all the languages that exactly. the family speak, right? Yeah. Um, if you get to the age of 24 and you want to learn a new language, that would probably be difficult or more difficult, let's yeah. say, right? Because the more older you get, the more difficult it is for you to learn new things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so the the idea, or this is actually was something that I, I I I I struggled with for a while, is the fact that for a certain amount of time, I thought I did not know what I needed to know mm-hmm. for me to do my work, and was that was limiting. That was limiting me quite a lot. Limiting me in terms of getting new opportunities, limiting me in terms of teaching other people what I know, limiting mm. me. Like, I always thought, like, oh, that's stuff that I know. Oh, everybody knows that already, right? Mm. It's actually kind of interesting as a thought exercise to to meet people that, that um, and here I'm talking specifically about technical stuff, okay. engineering, yeah. to meet people that just ask questions and then you just go like, but I thought that this was known. I thought that that was like... Oh universal knowledge why yeah. are you asking this question right and when when you ha- when this happened to you there are two things that happens in your head you either think that if you say it you're gonna be looked at as the show-off person mm-hmm. right like too yeah. too cocky too yeah. like you know the know-it-all you know it all yeah exactly yeah. um and then there is the other thing is is i'm always i've been always careful about not saying things because People would assume that that's like the the norm. No? That's the norm. Yeah, you yeah. say something and you always think, oh yeah, but people will just think that's why is he telling us this stuff? It's like we already know it. So uh. sh- like uh, uh, stating the obvious, let's ah, say, stating like stating the, the obvious, okay, right? Okay, exactly. Okay. So, um, and I had to do some thought exercise to kind of limit, remove these limits. Like um, an example was uh, blogging, for example, writing blogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought I was not good enough at writing, and I for a while I didn't write because I just thought I don't have enough things to share really? in the writing format. Yeah. Um, if you look at my blog post, I started it like a few years back. Um, yeah. Uh, because I never thought that, oh, yeah, maybe this thing that I know people will care about knowing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to remove all of that 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 kind of thought, thought, thought procedure in my head and get to the point where if I know something or if I learn something, I was just going to say it. Mm. Either say it in verbally, either type it in chat room or write it in a blog post or... Yeah say it in a podcast or whatever right mm-hmm. it doesn't matter um basically the point is that the more senior you are 
um, and here I will talk about senior in terms of career, but also like the more old you are in general, mm-hmm. the more it is hard for you to learn new things, but because you probably already know so much. I, I, I like to think about it as your head is like, ha- like your brain has limited capacity. Yeah. And the more you fill it in, the more it's hard to get more mm. things in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get to a stage where you start thinking, oh, maybe this, especially this is actually very common in the tech sector is that because the tech sector is moving fast all the time, um, a lot of people feel that they have to do some catch up game, that they should be always learning the new things. Okay. And I found that to be extremely untrue. Because the number of times I meet people that doesn't know fundamental stuff is crazy. Like, I I can give you a very simple example. I have met people who are software engineers okay. who to whom you can ask the question, how does the internet work? And they would not be able to answer you. This is like the in most... Google? uh Probably, yeah. Yeah, there probably there are people around. That, that, or just that, in the tech world. In the yeah. tech world in general. The amount of people that doesn't know this fundamental thing and they mm. are software engineers and so-called tech people is crazy. It's freaking crazy, right? Yeah. This is like the most fundamental knowledge. If you don't know this, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk to you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so the 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 more basically you are getting like more senior and you're also growing up in age, the mm. the more difficult it would be for you to learn new things and it sounds like you're progressing slowly which can be frustrating mm-hmm. uh, but for me that's just from personal experience that's just a natural process yeah the the older you're gonna grow the more the more you progress in your career the the kind of um slower you will learn new things and that's why for people specifically who are working tech i always say focus on the fundamentals as long as you know the fundamental stuff the basic things of how computer work because mm-hmm. here is the thing a lot of people think that the tech sector is just innovating like crazy all the time a lot yeah, of people, they're always saying that. Yeah, yeah a lot of people think that the tech world is just a bunch of people <laughs> high on cocaine just creating <laughs> ideas every single minute yeah, exactly that is not true <laughs> no <laughs> a lot of the tech stuff is just repurposing existing mm. things mm. we're just repurposing build like probably if you ask me what was the last innovation in the last 10 years i would say machine learning and machine learning becoming easy to use mm. with things like tensorflow or like for example which is one of the most common frameworks for doing machine learning fundamentally the stuff that this framework implements we know them for 20 years Right. Mm, that's true. Example. Uh, we probably we can give an example that is more accessible to the public. Chat GPT, the oh, yeah. chat thing, right? It's going crazy right yes. now. Yeah, the natural AI. processing yeah. <laughs> language model, blah yeah. blah. That stuff we know it. <laughs> it's not new. <laughs> there it's is, new to the world. There is inherently nothing new about mm. the fundamentals of how the system works. Mm-hmm. What OpenAI did is that they have take existing things, existing algorithms, existing models, and they have just trained it on the internet. Mm -hmm. It's not minimizing their work. It's impressive what they have managed to do. Mm -hmm. It's impressive how they managed to get that machine learning model to learn the internet. The internet is a huge place. And being able to learn the internet is a very difficult thing to do. Like Google has to run literally hundreds of thousands of servers to Mm -hmm. scrap the internet, index it so you can search for things, right? Mm -hmm. So... So for, for them to achieve that is impressive. It is. But fundamentally, the thing that ChatGPT is based on is something that exists for 10 years, right? So what they have done is just they repackage it. Yeah. So looking from the outside, it feels like people are innovating all the time. But 
all what people are doing are just repurposing existing stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is, but for the public, it is a new thing because you're using it in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. So actually, one uh, thing, one thought process I like to, 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 to ask people to do is choose any startup that have succeeded. Okay. Choose any company, any whatever, Spotify. Okay. Spotify have succeeded, mm-hmm. right? I can give you 10 other companies that tried to do the same thing and did not succeed. Then why did Spotify succeed? Luck. Luck? Success in startup space is 100% luck. Okay. 95% luck. 95% luck, 5% work. Luck in knowing the right people? They were lucky to be in the right place, in the right, right time, time, knowing oh. the right people, right? Mm. Those who... So take any company, Uber Eats, mm. Uber. Mm. I can give you other five companies that try to do the same exact thing and failed, mm. right? Mm. Um, whatever. Like just like this, the, the whole thing of startup world is that probably out of 10 Don't don't quote me on the statistics, but probably out of <laughs> 10 companies that try to do something, one succeed mm. and nine die. Mm. So, like, once people think about an idea to do something, like, there are other 20 people who are probably already mm. thought about it. 10 of them are already doing it right now. I, I, right? I know. So, so it's, 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 um, that's why, like, looking from the outside or even people in the tech industry just think that as we're progressing, you have to always be on top of your stuff mm. on your game you have to learn all the new frameworks all the new things coming out all the new and i would care less to be mm. honest like i personally just like okay i know the fundamentals i know how a computer works yeah. computers did not change the way they work since computers were invented no so But having this mentality i can see it working because i can also see if you don't have this mentality you might be less secure in yourself and the role you definitely, you have definitely yeah and that can long term really have an effect on Impact you on you yeah Right. De- definitely. Yes. So as long as you are able to understand the fundamentals of computer science, you are able to basically t- talking about this is a very interesting topic. Flying, the topic of flying. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think people can pilots can mm-hmm. fly a 737 and then fly an Airbus at the same time? I mean, it's the same fundamentals. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Fly, airplanes fly the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the law, the laws of physics Mm. that allow airplane to fly mm. are the same. As long as you understand those laws of physics mm. and you understand how the airplane operates, then you can fly an airplane mm. because it's the same thing. It's the same logic. It's the fundamentals are the same. Mm. And that's why when you do a PPL, a private pilot license, <laughs> you focus quite a lot on the fundamentals. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, I love how we're coming You're back to the place. You're still with this concept yeah, I am. of people learning I, I how will, to fly. Uh, advice number Number six, and this, as a teacher, this is something I try to implement uh, all the time. You cannot know it all. Yes. No one likes knowing all people. <laughs> no one likes it. But also when someone asks you a question, if you don't know it, Just say don't, don't bullshit. Know. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> say I don't know. There is no shame in saying I don't know. When did you learn this? Hmm. Um, I think I always inherently kind of knew it in my head for some reason i don't know when i knew it i think i think it's somehow i met a lot of people that were clearly bullshitting me and i can see through the bullshit if that mm. makes sense okay I, i have i don't know if it's like a ability or whatever but i can see through bullshit i can 
know if the people is bullshit, if somebody is bullshitting me or, okay. I mean, when it comes into my field, which is tech, right? Like yeah. it bullshits me about medicine and I would trust you if you have confidence. Uh, right, if you talk with charisma, you hear that uh, people <laughs> you can look at them in well, medicine. that's 100% of what politicians do. Right? Oh, they just true. have so much charisma and they make true. us think that they know what they're talking about, while they like 95% of them don't. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, so I, 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 I sort of learned that through. I think that the main, the first time I came to term with this was when I started interviewing, when I did a training to become an interviewer. This was in my previous um, company for joining Google, okay, and I. It was just this random thing that, like, the interview, the person training me said, like, "Yeah, you will like it's much better for people to say I don't know than to bullshit." And obviously, when you are in the tech industry mm. and you are interviewing somebody, you know what you're asking about and you know what you're expecting, so mm. you're able to see through bullshit, right? Yeah. When people are telling you, it's black and white in the sense. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I I made it like a, a goal of mine that if somebody bullshits me, I will just fail them in the interview because I don't <gasps> want people to bullshit. I am fine with you telling me I don't know. That's fine. Mm, so you respect uh, that more? Oh, yes, oh, definitely, 100%. Yes, I would respect you telling me I don't know than respect you mm. bullshitting me. As a teacher, I've, I've, I've had that experience. They, they haven't said that they respect me more for it. But I, I, I see that I get better results and more respect for my students when they ask me something. And I'm like, you know what? I actually don't know that. Mm. I will look it up and I will get back to you next, uh, next lesson. Yes. It, it's a different vibe. It's, of course. Yeah. It's a different vibe. And also, I wrote in that tip, like a bonus tip, is mm -hmm. there is a difference between knowing things and having opinions. Oh. Right? That is that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Please, please continue. Because <laughs> a lot of people have opinions about everything. Yeah. That's essentially 99% of the internet is people having opinions about stuff, right? Yeah. I also wrote that article. Those are my opinions, right? It and is. everybody is entitled to their opinions. Yes. But yes. there is a difference between replying to a question with this is how it works and replying with with i think or i feel like this is how it works do you feel like you need to articulate that specifically yes mm -hmm. yes if okay. people answered me the question with i feel like i know that they don't know what they're talking about mm. <laughs> like there is no such thing as i feel like you either know or you don't know right if you don't know say i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah okay i just want to have a side sidetrack a little bit tell signs of someone bullshitting what can i look for They will they will probably look confused. Mm. They would not look you dead in the eyes. They mm -hmm. will just look around because they're looking for answers. Mm. Um, they will probably feel anxious or like feel a little bit stressed. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's very hard to describe. But I think, again, when it comes to my field. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think general stuff like, I don't know, like public administration. You go to some public administration, people just bullshit you. <laughs> And they're like, no, you, should, you obviously don't know what you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that most people, unless you are very charismatic, uh, unless you have a very strong personality, yeah, you would, unless so, unless the person talking to you have a very strong personality, it would be very easy to see if they are bullshit or they're saying or mm -hmm. the right thing. Because, mm -hmm. like, when you don't know what you are talking about, you have signs that show up that yeah. you don't know what you're talking about, unless mm -hmm. you are a politician, because mm -hmm. or That's a charismatic a person, yeah. yeah. I ask that because I think you have so much experience in all of that. Maybe you've seen a pattern. I think I've seen a pattern. It's just very hard to describe. Yeah. I think you will learn it over time. Yeah. You learn how to see through bullshit. And sometimes I'm wrong, right? I'm not. No, I'm, of I'm course. Not of course. All the time. But like you said, for example, the uh, they use a lot of I feel, I think, I. Yeah. 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 The way also people talk is, is important. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody says I feel or I. 
I think it works this way that probably they don't know what they're talking about. But just or maybe 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 it's not. Pro- it's a. I think we have to be careful here. It's not like a black and white thing. It's no, like a nuanced no, 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 no. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have to take all of these things into consideration. You yeah. have to also take into consideration your relationship with the person you're talking mm, to, yeah. whether they are they put your interests um, ahead of their own interests or mm-hmm. they don't care. So it's a nuanced thing. It's not like a black and white, right? Um, but uh, uh, another scenario. Have you ever talked to a, maybe a newbie in the tech industry mm-hmm. who is intimidated by you and your knowledge that might know it a lot, but is intimidated by you? Right, because they yeah, know you don't. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think I did. I think I did. I well, I would know, right? Like if if um, people ten tell me I have a strong personality, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but I think it's a good thing. I I think that's probably that can scare people off, um, and make mm-hmm. them. I try to make people at ease when I talk to them. Yeah, I think that that probably could scare people off, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. know. So, um. I think that's a very good point you're making. Like, how would you come out of that? How would you mm. fix that? I I mean, it's definitely not on you. I'm no. just saying that maybe that can be perceived as bullshit. Correct. Yes. I would say if you are a shy person mm-hmm. and you want to try to be less shy, mm-hmm. public speaking is a great way to do it. Public speaking? Yes. Sounds scary. No, it, okay. For it does sound scary. Yes, it does. But when I say public speaking, it doesn't have to be in front of a room of 300 people. Mm. When I started doing speaking, I started with rooms of five people. Okay. I actually tried teaching when I was young. Really? Yeah. When I was at university, I tried teaching. Um, you would be a good teacher. I learned very quickly I don't want to do it. <laughs> Because I don't ter- tolerate people. Okay. But yeah. um, I tried. I mean, I, I just gave it a try. And I yeah. found it, uh, it helped me quite a lot with actually standing in front of a room and talking. Mm. Because I think one interesting thing to keep in mind is that when you are speaking in front of a crowd, there is a very good incentive for you to make sure you really know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. That's very true. Yeah. That that you have to be absolutely knowledgeable about what you you're doing. You have to know it in and out. Exactly. Yeah. So so that probably is in itself a driver for you to learn. Mm. It's like a way for you to go back and say like, oh, well, let me double check this or let me make sure I understand this, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So that's probably a very good way. You don't have to start with a group of, you know, you don't have to do it even in person. You can do it virtually. Mm. You can apply to a conference or apply to a TED talk and, and just give a talk to like a group of 50 people. Mm. Um, um, 50, 10, 25, doesn't matter. Um, I haven't done it myself, but I found a lot of friends told me that taking theater classes helped them quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking theater, like learning how to act. Yeah. Because I think the reason why this helps people is because, and now I'm saying, I think like I know what I'm talking about. Um, I would assume that when people learn how to act it's less stressful because you know it's silly mm. in a way like mm-hmm. you know that you are not being yourself you're pretending to be somebody else mm. so you're you're outside of your own element mm-hmm. you are pretending to be a different personality and that's mm-hmm. easy for people to do mm. um i guess i'm not an actor so i don't know mm. but, but i cannot i personally i cannot relate to that but i can see how that works because i also have friends who through theater they're very good in public now yes However, I think the the thing that works for me is being honest with myself that I don't know it all. Yeah. And and also but the things I do know confident yes, in. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um so I think with that you can you can charm anyone. Yes. No? Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Number 7 and the last one for this topic. Yeah. 
Uh, to delegate. Yes. How can we how can we make this broad um, or general? Yes. You cannot do everything. There is only 24 hours in the day. You have to sleep, mm-hmm. eat, shower, be with your loved ones and mm-hmm. do work. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way to get a lot of things achieved is to find people around you who would who are willing to help you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two ways that people will be around, three ways that people will be around you to help you do it. Either you pay them money or they love you enough so they will do it for free. Or somebody forced them to, to do, right? Yeah. So the, the 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 third one is essentially employment because you are paid to be able to work with other people. Mm. So if you have that ability around you, just learn how to give things to other people. Mm. I think I did not write this from the perspective of, hey, delegate, use people around you. Mm. I wrote it from the perspective of somebody who struggled for a while with trusting people. You. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Because... When you do things a certain way and when you do things with a certain level of quality, it's very hard for you to delegate it to other people mm. because you have to trust them. Mm. to trust that they are going to do the same thing and they're going to deliver it with the same level of quality. And this applies to anything. Yeah. It applies to cooking. It applies to whatever, right? Mm. So, um, and I'm still terrible at doing that, by the way. Like when I have people at home for food, I cook all the meals. And when mm. they ask me, do you want help? I say no. Because not because I don't want that. I help. mean, you sound like a perfect host. <laughs> yes. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> people I'll appreciate that. Love to come. <laughs> um, and I, I don't. I don't ask people to help. Not because I don't. Um, I don't want them to do it. It's because probably I don't trust they know what mm. they're doing. Mm. Um, and I should learn to better trust people, right? Yeah. I mean, I can let no, you. No, every make guest a... is gonna be offended. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, sorry if you're hearing this. Um, I think probably I can let people make a salad because how can you screw up a salad, right? Like, you, you, well, unless you're doing something really bad, <laughs> really bad, you can't screw up a salad. You can. But, uh, but yeah, that's the point. The point is that like you have to get to a point where you, you, you trust people around you and you trust that they are able to help you do things, right? So mm-hmm. that more things can be achieved. Um, so basically, if you work as a group, you achieve more things, period. That's just... just I mean, that's mad, logical when right? we're talking about it. But what if you don't trust your teammates? Then you're going to have a hard time probably even progressing in your career and getting more things done. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is, again, a nuanced topic because it depends what you do, what's your mm. job, etc. In our field, collaboration is very important, right? Yeah. Collaborating with other people, making sure that, that other people can help you or, or letting them help you or trusting them that they will help you will... I mean, I started very slow and I started letting people help me with stuff that I didn't want to do. And just to be able to like, I started delegating the things that I think I don't want to do, mm-hmm. but they are not important enough that if they are done badly, they mm. will impact the overall work. Right. Mm. Um, so, so, and that's how you kind of start trust people. You just yeah. let them do the things that, that, you know, that even if they screw it up, it's not going to be a big problem. Yeah. Or maybe uh, you can save it last minute. Or you can save yeah. it last minute. Correct. Um, um, so, I am not going to let people make slides for me that I'm going to use to give a talk in public, no, right? I would want no. to make the slides myself. Of course. But, um, you know, small stuff, whatever. It doesn't mm. matter. I don't have an example in mind, but small stuff, right? Um, and that's how I learned how to... So there is actually one inter- interesting thing here, which I also learned the hard way, is that obviously when you are letting people, delegating things to people, you have to be clear about what you want them to do. Yes. You have to communicate clearly what you want them to mm-hmm. do. Now, there is a point... And this is I learned through experience where you get to a point where it would take you more time explaining to people what to do than mm. you actually doing the thing. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And if you are faced with this situation, it's fine to say, okay, I do not trust this person. It's okay, right? Yeah. I just find somebody else who can yeah. do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and this usually happens with, which is kind of funny it happens with the stupid things mm. it doesn't happen with the like mold like the important <laughs> stuff it happens with the like the, the like very very like no one cares yeah um like an example i can give is uh, we were organizing an event we were organizing like a tech conference like a day tech conference and we had somebody who was supposed to help us and this person would just ping me on chat every day asking mm. me questions and i got it's got to stage it got to a stage where i was clearly communicating what needs to be happening so I would say like, well, we need to do this. This is priority number one. Yeah. And he would ask me about these other five things that, that are most oh. important right now. Uh, it's like, for example, we need we have we have an event in one month and a half. We have to have a web page ready. Yes. So we can public publicize the events and people can register. Mm. And they're asking me, like, what are we gonna serve for food that day? But like it doesn't <laughs> matter. Food does not matter right now. We will get to the food when we get to the food. But but wouldn't it be quicker from your side to just be like hamburgers? Yes. That's that I actually got to that conclusion but then luckily we had other people in the team and we could <laughs> give the task to other people right yeah um so 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 it's it's a very hard thing it's a very hard balance to strike mm. between trusting people and then also not having to spend time doing all the mm. explanation so and i think this is kind of a trial and error thing you have to like yeah. work with people to know what they are good at and what they're not good at yeah so that's so, why yeah. you have to b- build a, a a nice solid team Correct. That you can trust. Correct. Perfect segue into our next topic. Yes. How to communicate effectively. Yeah, I have to pull out that article. I haven't. I have read this a long time ago. I didn't know you had a blog and wrote these texts and articles. And these two, I I really loved because I think, or I know, you can apply them everywhere. And as I've gone further in my career and my process, I see, and I and my students as well. I see how this is not even close to common knowledge which it should be yeah it's communicating yes. communicating it's so it's such a part of our everyday life so yeah. not just for work i think that there is a very good context a very interesting context to know about this topic mm-hmm. and that context comes from when it was written because this was written in 2021 okay <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic when we were doing a lot of things at home remotely mm. so communication yep. was very important mm. the thing with communication is that having a five minute conversation with people face to face you get so much done yeah than communicating over skype or over chat yeah right mm-hmm. it's much easier much quicker for people to have one-to-one conversation you, you communicate everything you need to do or you need to say done move on mm-hmm. doing it over chat is a horrible thing to do because chat is. is a very slow process right mm-hmm. um probably doing it over skype would be easier but I noticed that since the beginning of the pandemic, we are getting more and more distracted, even in virtual meetings. Mm. People get distracted very quickly. They look at their phones. They look at the sky. They look at their cats. They mm. look at their children. So it's very hard to like kind of keep people focused in a in kind of virtual yeah. virtual environment. So. So that's why I wrote this article because I got to a point where it became you got frustrated. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you took a day off and then you came exactly. and wrote this. I think I wrote this mostly because a lot of people um like the I think what triggered me I remember clearly is you know these people they just like ping you in like send you a message on LinkedIn or on Twitter yeah. and you just say hi. Just Ooh. like hi. You know you know uh, I don't reply to that. I It sounds very rude, but it, get to the point. Yes. So internally, you, yeah. when you, when you were working at at Google, you, yeah. you remember Go Slash? Yes. So we have a Go Slash. No, hello. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, we, ha- we have it. So there is like, GoSlash is a kind of short link mm-hmm. um, inside the company that you can use. So you can just do GoSlash go something mm-hmm. and the p- page will, will pop up, right? Yes. So we had a GoSlash no hello. And when people is at the company were just sending me hi, I would only reply with go slash no hello. And the go you slash mean. no hello page <laughs> opens up and it says, please uh, clearly state why you are talking to me about don't <gasps> like do this ping pong game of hi, hi, how are you, how are you, blah, 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 etc. Like we're um, not, I'm not trying to pick you. Did pick. someone get offended? Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure I offended people, but that's, the, the link exists for a reason. I think in, <laughs> You I think, created I think that inside, link. No, I did not. It existed before me. I think in the company, we, 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 we got, we grow, grow, we learned so much that probably no one does that these days. Mm. It's very rare. Actually, I don't even remember the last time somebody did that mm. inside the company. But on LinkedIn, it happens all the time. Yeah. And I don't want to be a jerk. I want to answer people. Mm. I want to help people. But it's not helpful to just write hi to me. Like, I'm not... Uh, it sounds like you're trying to pick me up from, like, a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to date. I'm <laughs> here to get things done, right? Just say hi, hi and write your message. And then I will get to it when I get to it. And I will reply to you. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. so that's why I wrote that article. Okay, okay. I actually, I it love says it. now I receive yeah, lots I of messages from <laughs> LinkedIn. I so. know. I mean, that brings us to, to, to rule number one. Avoid starting any form of chat communication with, hi, how are you? Yes. I never, I, I never, uh, no one taught me on how to communicate, but spe- specifically on, uh, like, in professional settings, I feel like asking, uh, how are you, is just going to delay the whole point. So I, if I want to be nice, I write, hi, hope you're doing great. Yes, usually that's what I do as well, yes. Hope you hi. Hope you are doing well. Yeah. Uh, then wh- whatever you want to ask. Exactly. Or whatever you want to tell people. Okay. So you don't want any ping ping pong games. What's the point? It's like oh, we no. only have eight <laughs> hours of work. It's like I mean, if you just start with ping pong, it goes like hi, hi, how are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm thanks. What about you? I'm good. Thanks. You are like six messages in, and nothing <laughs> has been done. <laughs> and and sometimes that's over like half a day as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's oh yeah, that's horrible. That's, that's horrible. Right high, you're right high, and then they come back half an hour later. Exactly. They write, "How are you?" And you say, "I'm good, thank you." What about you? And then the, an hour th- later, yeah. So rule number two: if the point is not clear after a few messages back and forth, do a video call or make a phone call. Yes. Yeah. If you have, I have seen, uh, like, I got to the point where if I don't understand what you're saying within the first five sentences mm-hmm. i will just have a call with you it's much easier that way okay i have a i have a hurdle here yeah. nowadays people don't like video calls or it, phone calls it doesn't have to be with the camera right you have can turn off your camera i mean there are so many people so, who have like phone uh, phobia nowadays sure what do you or ju- you just put that aside and call them anyways so like like phone phobia as they don't want to be called both I mean, I don't just randomly call people. I tell them, Can hey, I call let's you? have a call. Okay. No, no, mm-hmm. I just like, I'm not, you know, in, in the chat we use in Google, you can just call people. Like It's not yes. like WhatsApp. Yeah. You have to send a meeting link that yeah. you have to both dial into. Mm-hmm. You know, in WhatsApp, I hate when people do that. Like when people <laughs> call me randomly out of the blue, I don't answer them usually. Why? Well, I want to know what, I, what do you want to talk about? But what, it's just like, hi, Abda, how are you doing? Do no, I need like to do, do I need to text you like hey I want to know how you're doing so I'm going to call you now. I think it depends on the kind of relationship you have with the person. Yeah. If you if it's like a 
a, like a close relationship, mm-hmm. like a partner, mother, father, of course. And then my, my, when my mother call, I pick up, right? Okay, okay. But if it's somebody you don't know, yeah, uh, like somebody find your phone number and then just call you. And you answer them like, well, who the hell does that? <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's why probably the other day, you remember when I called you when I was in Switzerland? Yes. I texted you like, hey, this is the right yeah. time. To, well, that's how I do. That's how I rule. <laughs> really? Yeah, I text everybody before I call them. I say like, hey, is that the right time to have a call? No, because in, in my logic, I just wouldn't answer if I cannot have that call. Um, okay, well. Then that's... I would call you back. Yeah, and typically what, when, when, so I personally do not call people out of the blue, right? I just call. I, like, I, like, I feel uh, judged. <laughs> I mean, okay, sure. I think, I think that's a very good point you're making. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I can't, I won't. But so, so, so what's, what situation in which you would call person randomly just to want to ch- chat with them? Randomly, then it's like close friends. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If it's if I'm calling someone, uh, someone else, yeah. then it would be for a purpose that I know um, it would take maybe an hour on chat, but it's gonna take two minutes on a phone call. Okay. And so you don't think that before calling the person, texting them like, "Hey, is this the right time to talk? I need to talk to, to talk to you." But and in my, in, my, in my mind, that's why I don't even get upset if people decline. Ah. Okay. I see. Okay. I, I think I th- I think I think about it differently. I I yeah. before receiving a phone call, yeah. if it's not from close family, yeah. I want to know what you're calling me about, or why do you want to talk to me, right? I think I do it more for work as well because it's more productive. More, I don't want to have one conversation throughout the day. I see. Okay. I I yeah. think I think in our field, yeah. I don't use my phone very often to no. talk to my colleagues. No. So we either use chat or video calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the point I was trying to make there with that rule is um, um, if 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 you are chatting about something with somebody, yeah. right? And after, I don't know, a few sentences, it's not very clear what the person is asking. Mm-hmm. You're not able to understand what they're asking. Mm. It's much more easy to just jump on a call yeah. and just clarify it because it would take probably five minutes, yeah. right? Um, then continue trying to chat to figure things out as you are chatting, yeah. right? I would ask the peop- the person to meet yeah. or make a direct phone call. Phone call, yeah. Or if it's just simple, just a message. Yeah, but I think not everybody has its ability. I think mm. don't, not everybody yeah. is able to understand that what, you are, what they're asking is complex and then it would be efficient to do it over call. Mm. Not everybody has this availability. Some people do. Mm. I have colleagues at work who would just jump with a call directly, just like ping, mm-hmm. hey, are you available? Can we have a call now? Or, hey, I booked a meeting with you. I want to discuss something. And yeah. then I usually ask people to put what they want to discuss in the agenda because I don't like to jump on calls that I don't know what they're about. Uh, rule number three, before you send a link, screenshot, explain your problem. Yes. I think this is a really good one. Yeah, this is when people send you just links. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> just like, hey, link or like screenshot. Yeah. And you're supposed to figure out the problem? Yeah. And then help you as well? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, like, I'm God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, 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 this people do this, and especially sometimes people send you like a screenshot, mm-hmm. but it's like 404. <laughs> I'm, like, okay. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. This is so fun <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> like, but the screenshot is the screenshot of the page that yeah, says 404. Exactly. And, you're, and like, you're supposed to know everything. Yeah. I, I think if you're listening to this, just know the following. Every single chat applications today allows you to write text with images. When you type 
an image into a chat box, mm-hmm. you can write text with it. Use that function. <laughs> It's super We easy. We programmed it for a reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> If you're sending a link or you're sending a screenshot or you're sending something, just amend that with a little bit of text yeah, to yeah. explain what are you trying to do. Mm-hmm. If you send me a link without text, I am not going to touch that link. I am not going to click on it. You're not going to reply? Not, oh, no. I would not reply to you at all. I might okay. reply with question mark. <laughs> that That's as much you would get from me as... as I love it. Yeah. Because I feel like that's kind of disrespectful. You're just sending me... You're just like sending a link to somebody and expecting magic to happen yeah, behind yeah, it. Like, okay. It's not magic. No, 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 no. So. I mean, when you put it like that, I completely understand. Yeah. Um, let's But see. So, so this reminds me of a joke that a lady walked into a lady or a guy, it doesn't matter. Like some <laughs> person walked into a doctor office and they said to the doctor, whenever I touch myself, it hurts. Okay. So whenever I touch myself, it hurts. So like if I touch my forehead, it hurts. Yeah. I touch my leg, it hurts. I touch everything. Turns out they had a broken finger. Mm. So, <laughs> so oh, yeah, if you I walk see. to a doctor and it's like whenever I touch it hurts the mm. doctor is not going to be able to help you no, you have to not. tell them exactly what's going on so you're the google doc- doctor here yeah more or less <laughs> All right, and rule number four this goes into the, the, the one we had above if you don't know something it's okay to say so yes yeah it's okay to say I don't know yeah, it's, it's okay. fine it's, there is no shame I am going to respect you more actually than yeah. if you bullshit me So your credibility won't go away. Exactly. Yeah. doesn't matter what your position are. You could be a director mm-hmm. or a CEO. It doesn't matter. Not knowing is a natural human thing. Rule number five, stop using auto-reply on social media, especially LinkedIn, because oh, yeah. you have a lot. Um, <sighs> <laughs> and everyone knows them. They're not secretive. I think that LinkedIn is terrible at that because <laughs> it's the only social media that basically... Uh, when you are checking LinkedIn, it pops you the the, the updates, what yeah. people have been posting, and then it gives you the option of replying with an auto-reply. Yeah. And so when you have changed jobs, for example, so go, to, go to LinkedIn, pick any random person, see in their posts when they have changed jobs. Okay. And ch- when people change jobs, there is like a standard message that LinkedIn will post, which is this person started mm-hmm. a job at blah, blah. Look at the replies. Congratulations, 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 exactly. congratulations, congratulations. Or um, even I think even Facebook, like somebody had a, an, an anniversary, mm-hmm. like a birthday. And you're just like, oh, congratulations, congratulations. Like the same exact message. But, okay. Why is this wrong? Why is this annoying? I know. Sorry. Um, it actually was specifically about even not even writing to you on writing to your post. It's actually te- sending you a DM. private message. Yeah, a private yeah. message with congratulations. It just feels lazy. It feels mm. like you don't care. You just have for you felt you're forced to do it because LinkedIn you uh, LinkedIn ask you to do. Mm. So you don't really care about the person. You just did what LinkedIn tell you you should do. Do you want people to care about you on LinkedIn? Well, either you do you do, you care or you don't. If you don't care, why are you following me? Just stop following me. I don't <laughs> need you, right? <laughs> no, but it's true. No, like, but, like, but do you understand what I mean? Like, do you need this heartfelt congratulations? I, I expect that if people care about me, they would write a personalized message yeah. why they think that this is good mm-hmm. or why they think that this is bad. But yeah. um, why are you just using the auto-reply? I mean, don't get me wrong. Auto-reply is useful sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I do use auto-reply in chat, but that's mostly for, you know, writing like cool or sending yeah, a thumbs yeah, yeah. up or, mm-hmm. or something like that. That's that's very useful. Mm-hmm. But 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 this LinkedIn auto-reply on DM on people changing jobs or... 
starting a new adventure, writing something is just lazy. No, but because why I'm why I'm saying this, it can be, for example, some because in the beginning we we stated that you are well known in the Google. You're a senior engineer. I mean, so for someone who is new and maybe have met you once and you contact like you connected on LinkedIn and they want to try to connect even more. Mm-hmm maybe just sending that congratulations is like, okay, I'm trying, but it's not, I don't want to be weird enough to write a whole thing. Do you, do you understand? It's just a scenario. I don't think if you write a message, is weird, personally. If you send me a message that says like, oh, congratulations, this is so cool, why, why would that be weird? All right, and the last rule, distinguish your opinions from facts. It's oh, yeah. kind of similar for what we have had before, but... Uh, Why is this important when you're communicating with uh, with people? Because your opinions doesn't matter. Mm. Like your like your opinions in a professional setup specifically doesn't matter. Your your knowledge is what people care about, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, don't get me wrong. If you if you are discussing how we are supposed to put together a car or an airplane, mm. probably your opinion about which color we choose. Is valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just put this color, or yeah. let's use this kind of paint, because. And I'm gonna go actually uh, also. I'm gonna go nerdy again because <laughs> this kind of paint, paint weight less than this other kind of yeah. paint. And when you're painting an airplane, when weight is important, probably that's 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 a valuable opinion to have, right? Mm. But I would say that there is a very fine line between opinion. And giving people options or giving people ideas, mm. I think people confuse this a lot. Mm-hmm. They confuse the fact that they are giving you an opinion with the fact that they are just giving you an idea to mm-hmm. consider, giving you something to consider. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, people confuse ideas and facts. Right? There is a clear difference between a fact, which is an actual thing, of how something is supposed to work or how something is not supposed to work, mm-hmm. and then there is your opinion about it. Yeah. Right. And if the internet taught us anything, is that people have a lot of opinions mm. and they like to share them on the inter- internet. So yes, we do not need more of those in real life. No, please don't. <laughs> exactly. A <laughs> uh, last question. Th- that was the six rules that I liked from that. Uh, I mean, I like the whole paper. Uh, but can can you roughly say, like, if I, if I need something from you, mm-hmm. how would a good email to you look like? Um, hi. Good start. Hope you're doing well if you feel like, um, or happy new year or whatever. Um, and then straight to the points. I am thinking about doing this. What do you think? Good idea, bad idea? Do you want to jump on a call to discuss it or something like that? It could be a message. Or, hi, I am facing this problem, problem you're facing. I have tried this and this and this, did not work. How c- can you help me solve it? Um, or... I don't know. It depends on the topic, but basically be clear, be straight to the point, right? Straight like, to the point. Yeah, leave your your opinions on a side. Mm-hmm. Just if you're asking something, be clear what you're asking. If you're telling people to do something, be clear what you're t- mm. telling them to do. Mm-hmm. Hi, I want you, to, I, we are thinking about doing this. Can you do that? Yes, no. Do you yeah. have time? Do you want to be involved? Whatever. Mm-hmm. So I would like to hear your opinion on my strategy. Mm-hmm. I usually am. I, I don't ask questions about like, how are you and stuff like that. It's hope you're doing good. That's if good. I, <laughs> if, if, if I know that the person is super busy that I'm talking talking to, then I would write what I want and then leave the whole thing as a just yes or no. Yeah, that's valid. Yes. So, so they don't need to do anything on their end. 
Ah, yeah. So if you are making a call for action or, or you are waiting on action on the person, mm-hmm. uh, make it clear that you are waiting on action on the person. Mm. Um, a lot of time people write emails that are sort of trying to hint to whether you can do something or not, but they don't clearly communicate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want people to do something, m- make it like put a question mark. Can you do X? Can you help us with Y? Do you mm. have time for Z? Don't just like write, oh, we are... Uh, here is the example. Oh, hello. We're thinking about starting this project. Um, these are links to similar projects. Thank you. Sure. Mm. Okay. You have tried. You, you, you're telling me that you're trying to start something. Well, yeah. How is that useful for me? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What are you waiting for me? What are you mm-hmm. expecting from me? Mm-hmm. Then creating right, correct expectations. Yeah. Of It could be as simple as I want a yes or no. But yeah. at least you are clearly stating that, mm-hmm. that opinion. Mm-hmm. So just terminate the email with what do you think? Yeah. Or do you think we should do it or not? Right? Yeah. Because my strategy is to make it as simple as possible. As possible yes. for the other we person. We all receive tons of emails every day. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. So if I can even be specific with like, hey, hope you're doing well. I would like to have a meeting about this, this and this with this day at this time at the, at this location be good. Good. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. Because if it's a no, they usually give me another alternative. Uh, alternative, so, and I'm re- I'm yeah, flexible. There are actually better ways to solve that specific problem. Of especially when you work when you are trying to talk with somebody who doesn't work for the same company and you have no way to check their calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, there are if you are using Google Calendar, you can create what we call appointment slots. Okay. So you can go into calendar settings and you can choose two slots per week, for example, one hour each, where they 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 will be visible to people and they can book time with you. Oh. And you can have a direct link okay. that you can share with the people. Mm. They will load that thing. And if any of those slots are not available, they will not show up. They will mm. only the link will only show the slots that are available. Okay. So if I I personally on my calendar I have three appointment slots okay. on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I have a link to that. Mm. I share that link. So when somebody is trying to get a call with me, I just reply to them with the link, say Please book book a time here. Yeah. If you don't have Google uh, Calendar, you can have Calendly mm-hmm. as a tool. Calendly. Yep. So you can create open slots in Calendly. You can create an account, create mm-hmm. oh, it's free, mm-hmm. and then you can just put open slots. Mm-hmm. And I think it can also sync to your calendar. Yeah. So it can sync to your Google Calendar and then only allow you to put slots when you are available on your Google Calendar. Mm-hmm. So that's much better as a way to find the slot to meet yeah. rather than this like ping pong of like, hey, are you available mm. this day? No, I'm not available. Are you available mm. this day? Or if you can do that, one easy thing would be to, when you send people the, available, the, the, the email to ask them to have a meeting, you can upfront give them proposals. You can say like, I can meet you this day, this day, this day, from this hour to this hour. Mm. Mm. Usually I do that as well sometimes. Okay. As like I look at my calendar and I go like, I have three available slots this week. Mm. Um, Two hours each slot, pick one and I'll 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 put the meeting there. Okay. And last question: Do you think uh, the process of getting you here to the podcast was good? It was good because you were directing the, in the message. Yes. 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 Yeah, that was good. Yes. <laughs> perfect. And then perfect. you sent me a screenshot of when the studio was available. Yes. Right. So that's what we're talking about: just availability. Yeah. And then obviously it's much easier when somebody is flexible. When one person yeah. is flexible, have time. It's but the thing easier. was that when when I sent you the uh, screenshot of the availability, you were a bit slow. I so did not. Yeah, I was busy. <laughs> I did yeah, not reply. Yeah. 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 Which I assumed. So I booked as many slots as I could. Oh yeah, and then I gave you options, yes. and then you just chose yes. one. Yes, that's also is is, is that's basically the equivalent of just 
making some slots available and then mm. giving the person the option to yeah. to, to 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 choose one. Mm-hmm. So that was very good. Yes, <laughs> you know how to it. communicate effectively. <laughs> you hear that, people? <laughs> Perfect. It's always interesting, and I always learn stuff when I talk to you, Abdel. It's so nice to have you here, and I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for Do you want to plug all the things that you're doing? Go for it. There are two podcasts that I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. There is one which is fairly technical. Uh, it's called the Kubernetes Podcast. Um, I started, um, I took it over from somebody else last year. And then there is the um, uh, the Cloud Careers Podcast, which is right now on a little bit of a sleep. And hopefully I'm planning to restart it this year. Uh, that's probably more interesting to people because that's essentially interviewing people who work in cloud and yes. kind of trying to understand what they do and what their work look like right yeah. and the idea there is the idea of that specific podcast was that um uh, clarify to people when they think about tech what are the possibilities because i think a lot of people when they think about tech they think about coding mm. and coding is not the only job you can have in tech no of field, course right? there are no. many many other things yeah. you can have mm-hmm. and so through that podcast i was aiming or i am aiming to talk to as many people doing as many different things as possible to just make it kind of clarify what people do because also mm-hmm. a lot another thing is a lot of times people hear a job and they don't understand what it is mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. what is a data scientist what is the job of a data scientist? Yeah. What does a data scientist do, mm-hmm. right? What is a machine learning engineer? Yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah. so that was essentially the, the idea. Love it. And the name again? The Cloud Careers Podcast. So cloudcareers.dev is the, the domain. The domain. The website. Yeah. yeah. And you can hear, you can listen to it at Spotify? Uh, all the platforms. All it's the platforms. Everywhere. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I will link all the... His link tree and my <laughs> because it's a long one. <laughs> yes, I have a lot of things there. <laughs> um, and once again, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. And for good luck me. with everything. And we'll see each other next time. I communicate greatly. With you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're gonna do a good job. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>